This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Kevin Byrne. I'm joined today by a guest we had on the show last year. At the time, he was three years without a fight and I wanted to see how he was feeling ahead of a big comeback, which he did make successfully. Since his comeback last summer, uh, or, at the te- or in the second half of the year anyway, he's had three fights and three wins and he fights again at the end of this month in New York. It's, uh, it's the 14-0 and now, having developed his record, Fergal McCrory. Fergal, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me, Kevin. It's, uh, it's great to be back on. I always listen to your podcast and I won't listen to this one. I <laughs> know. Yeah. <laughs> Your own voice syndrome. Yeah. It plagues us all. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, yeah, if you get your family and friends to listen, I'll be happy. I'll be a happy man, you know? Yeah. Virgo, yeah. um, when we last spoke, obviously you've been out of the ring for three years, COVID enforced, and you'd, you'd nearly quit and you'd gone back to regular life and you'd been working on the roads and you'd be doing all sorts and raising your family. And it looked like boxing was probably in the rearview mirror. But then last year, you know, you kept the faith. You, you'd wanted to have a last stab at it. And you find yourself back in the mix, living the life as a professional boxer. Like I'm, I'm speaking to you here. You're in New York, ready to go again. And you're, you're really back into the mix, into the swing of things again. Yeah, a lot has changed from, from my last book. Um, I've been a lot more active, thankfully. I've, uh, I've stayed in the gym. I've been training basically full time from in around last last May or June with a few weeks off obviously here and there and Christmas off and stuff but uh, yeah I've been very active in the gym and we've had three fights we're coming up to my fourth fight now in, in I think it's nine months or ten months so so it's a big turnaround from from COVID came really thankfully and it's nice to be busy it's nice to have a plan in place and it's nice to to be to be skinny and fit again. <laughs> yeah. What's that like? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's overrated. <laughs> yeah. So you're boxing primarily on, on the East Coast. You're, you're making a bit of a dent on the East Coast, like you're collecting them. Um, you're getting getting a, a bit of popularity over there. You're selling tickets, doing all the things that an Irish boxer really should do on, on the East Coast. Uh, like we, we know the John Duddy template. Other boxers have gone uh, from Ireland to America in the last decade. And for some reason, boxing on the West Coast and, and being elsewhere, but you seem to be, now they might have been fighting for bigger purses and, and for 
with more TV recognition. And that's probably the reason yeah. that they were there on the West Coast. But you, you're doing the East Coast thing, um, pounding the pavements and uh, living that sort of life. Has it been has it been enjoyable? Tell us about the gyms you're kind of frequenting or the bars you're having to go to to sell your tickets to people you're having to get to know. Yeah, well, every, every morning they're on the lads on the, the East Coast, West Coast, sorry. I'm sure, I'm sure it's it's been brilliant for them also. Um, for me, coming here and around the gyms, and it, it was the Irish Connect. It was a home from home, something I always dreamed of doing. I wanted to be in New York fighting, watching John going up and hearing everyone speaking about him. And, and no one has, has really came close to that, with the exception of Katie and Serrano in the garden, which, which was incredible. Um, but uh, uh, I'm only Irishman in the gyms I go to, but the, the Irish bars are littered all over the city. And, and it's brilliant. There's so many good people. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I just feel very fortunate that, that a lot of people have taken to me. And, you know, I hope to keep rewarding them with big results and in the ring on fight night. But it's it's great. It's great out here. So many Irish people that came before me came chasing the same thing. Just the American dream went only in their own career path. And, and I have a lot of great friends here too who I knew before I came out. And I've, and I've been very lucky to meet so many more people that I'll call friends for life also. I'm very, very lucky and blessed. No, no doubt about it. Whereabouts are you staying? Right now, as I speak to you, I'm in Queens. But I'm going to Woodlawn tomorrow. Back to Woodlawn where I always be. Um, in that area where where the Emerald Mile, it's it's great. It's great. It's like it's like a, a bigger version of Dungannon. So the yeah, is good. It's good. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back of your own food and and yesterday's paper is out today and today's paper is out tomorrow. So I read the Sunday World about all the all the bad men back home on a Monday. Thanks me occupying over a cup of coffee, you know and. Yeah, so that, that's where I'm going. But I train on Fulton Street. It's uh, Colin Morgan's gym down on the financial district. Colin used to work with Mike Perez and the Cubans in Cork. Whenever they I remember him. Yeah, I remember the guy, yeah. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. He uh, he, pro- he doesn't get the recognition he deserves because he doesn't like social media. He's a bit like myself. He, he, social media isn't something that I'm a big fan of, but it's a necessity, and when I quit boxing, social media is gone. Disappeared. Well, why don't you like social media? I think it's like it's probably quite obvious, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, most of us who are raising small children are afraid of the future for uh, involving social media in our kids, but even in our own lives as well, it gets less interest than maybe the older you yeah. get. I think, I think it puts too much pressure on people, particularly young lads and girls growing up as to where they see these social media influencers who have the personality of of a doormat and a million followers. And they put these pictures up and get all these likes and I just think it's fake. Social media. Social to me is like, oh, probably sound like an idiot, but bring your friend. Have them round. Go see them. R- ringing people is uh, is an act of it's a microaggression these days. You're not supposed to ring them now. You're supposed to text yeah. first. And you don't it's knock on their front. Not, don't knock on their doors. They don't call around unannounced. <laughs> Send a text. Ask permission. Let them know. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it's, it's a microaggression, Fergal. 
It's 2023 now. I never thought of that, but it's just something I'm not a fan of. It's just not. I, I think there's too many, too many idiots on it. And uh, again, just the pressures on, on young people growing up. I know people that I don't know them. I've been told by a friend of mine who works in the school. He's a, a GAA instructor and stuff. He would take football teams that students in school now are putting posts up and if they don't hit a certain amount of likes, they're deleting them. I'm like, what? Really? Because of the pressures that come with it. And I don't, I don't care if nobody in the world like one of my posts. I really don't care, you know. But for those children to feel like that and feel that pressure in the world that we live in today that is is so social media focused that I just don't like it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, know? I guess if it, like I've, I've seen up close, like with, with relations, young teenagers, like um, how they can feel bullied when just by, by just being kind of shunned on social media, like you say, when they're deleting posts that aren't getting enough likes. So if they continuously put up Instagram posts or Facebook or whatever, and they, they're getting two or three likes, they almost see that as proof that they're not liked by their peers. So they, they have a number that they can prove in their own heads that, oh, clearly enough, enough people don't like me. It's, it's really sad yeah. to see. It's really, really yeah. heartbreaking to see kids going through that. It is. But, my, my daughter's eight, so the way it's changed in the last 10 years from I was 20, so she'd be 18 in 10 years, wouldn't up like. But anyway, back back to Colin. Back to Colin. <laughs> Colin didn't get the recognition he deserves because well, of he's not out there. He's not on social media. Well, it, it is it is something like if if you signed a match room in the morning, you know, they'd bring you in and, and you'd meet their social media team and they'd say, Okay, Fergal, we need to get your name out there now. We need to we need to make you have a social media presence, you know, on on whatever format they feel is best best suited for you, be that Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know what I mean? And that's what that's what is seen to be integral to a boxer being a success these days, like uh, making money, getting on big shows. Social media is, is completely necessary, they, they say or they believe. And, and maybe it is, I don't know. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're correct. They are correct. Because if you look at Jake Paul and Tommy Fury, for example, so they are, they are correct. Personally, I just want to fight. You know, I don't care. Home corner, away corner. But Tell us about some of the gyms and the sparring sessions uh, you're having over there in New York, because I, I know that the standard is high. There's not as many paddies around around the place, and uh, you know, in the gyms or Irish Americans as there used to be in New York. Mm -hmm. And I get the sense it's a city crying out for an Irish star, like you've been suggesting. You go into the bars; it's an open door. But uh, tell us about some of the, the characters or the people you're coming across in the gyms. Um, for example, there's a man, Argentina, Juan Rivas is his name. He's worked. He, no, he's not a boxer. He's a he's a coach, cut man, everything. He's worked with Muhammad Ali, Miguel Cotto, Marco Maidana, uh, Roberto Duran. He's an old man, like, but he looks fresh. Um, he he recently worked with. Edgar Belanga, who Jason is fighting next through through Edgar's amateur career and his first seven professional fights. Um, tapping into his knowledge and, and his experience is, is great and he's a real character, an unbelievable character. I mean, he tells you about his his open heart surgeries and his uh, you know, his his misfortune with Hulk. But he's a crazy man who would sit with his top pulled right up to his chest. Like with his nipples out down his belly, 
and there's no scars. <laughs> so however they've done this heart surgery, they have no clue, but he's funny. He's he's great crack in the gym. Very, very, very knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable. Um you got who else we got in, in the gym it was a bit crazy. Uh, it's it's actually a very sensible gym, this one. It's like uh upmarket keep fit gym whenever the pro fighters aren't training. So it's it's very fashionable and and back to that point, Instagrammable. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I bet you see some people come in and they're really there to take the pictures for Instagram and then to piss off again. But um but I'm sure you know, once they get stuck in, they forget about it fairly quickly as well. Like Yeah, yeah. There's also there is there's a few girls in there that fight and they can fight. And they're all so well educated, like doctors, accountants, CEOs of massive companies in on Wall Street. And they come into the gym and it's like an animal coming out of them, how they fight. It's crazy. It's, I, it's madness. I used to do a bit of a, like white collar sparring or whatever. It was, a, it was a kind of fight club gym and it was with a guy uh, called Steve Dawson, who was a good amateur in Ireland back in the day and a sparring partner to lots of the pros, Steve Collins and all. But he was a person, he was a trainer then. And mm-hmm. Steve was the best, best in the business. You know, he was brilliant. But all mm-hmm. the people he was training were basically Dublin's best models. And they're like, so I go to the gym, there'd be me and nine models. Was he married? No, I don't think no, so. No, no that he wasn't. And then he, he'd be just say, okay, spar, spar the girls here. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hit her. But you'd end up, cause like these girls were all like, they were super fit and super toned. So they were, they were like kicking the crap out of me. So you'd, you'd nearly hit to, have to hit them back. Ended up like getting a jockey back. You now give each other jockey backs and you're getting a jockey back. Around the around the gym from Miss Ireland, like sweating everywhere. Just ah yes, boxing are mad places. Mad, they are mad. But you know what? It's as mad as they are. It's the most honest place in the world because you can tell everyone how hard you're working outside of the gym, how how good your dad is, how everything, how, how what you're putting in is is as much as you can do. But once you go into the gym and you go in and spar, they want to know. You know, so there's no hiding places. It's it's great. It's the most honest place in the world, 100%. Your fights have taken place in... Uh, your comeback fight was against Caesar Cantu last September in uh, the Brooklyn Masonic Temple, uh, then followed it up in February of this year at the Showboat Hotel in Atlantic City, and then you fought in uh, in Philadelphia. So you're up and down that East Coast, based yeah. out of New York. Has it been enjoyable? I'm sure there's a few good stories from the fights uh, that took place. I there's... Some crazy stories. Um, the Caesar Cantu one, first one coming back. The fight was actually a fight was a, a Friday night, so the weigh-in was Thursday. On Tuesday night, the fight was cancelled. Back on Wednesday, Wednesday night, fight was cancelled. Back on Thursday, um, an absolute handling. Anything that could go wrong went wrong. The performance was lackluster. Head was all over the place. Everything was just. A nightmare. Um, it we got that out of the way, thankfully. Uh, and I was actually sitting in the house, and I had retired loads of times to my wife. I really did so many times, but I flicked on the box track to see to see what's coming up, see if there's anything available, something that could float my boat a bit and get me back. And I saw the event in Atlantic City, so I saw who the promoter was. I didn't know him. I reached out to him. And he put me on the card, and and away we went. Uh, 
the Atlantic City one, what was the crack with Atlantic City? What happened in there? So there isn't happens down there. Well, you were saying it was it was the old uh, the old Trump Hotel, wasn't it? The Showboat Hotel and like all the right. legends who fought in Atlantic City. I remember talking at the time. You were rightly proud of you know performing there. Right. And you got a first round knockout as well, so you you must have caught the eye as well. Yeah, yeah, everything everything was great. Preparation was great. Weight was great. Uh, had a lot of people came from New York, Philadelphia, and even the, the Irish people in in Atlantic City, which they didn't even know there was. But Atlantic City isn't far from Philadelphia. It's where they have a goal will be, like their own people as Donny Gall, you know, for the week away for the weekend. Bondora. I have Bondoran, yeah. Uh, but it, it was great. It was a very good event. Coming from where I fought in Brooklyn that time, where where the plaster was falling off the walls, to the Showboat Hotel, which has recently been done up, it was a it was a really nice place to fight. Um, really well run, run by the promoter and his team. Uh, the guy came in something like 141.5 pounds. The fight was agreed at 135. I was cruising. I, I make 135 very easy. You know, I, I will compete at 130. Um, he came in to crazy bit. Uh, but thankfully he... he Got his comeuppance for it and got him out of there in the first round. We had a great night out after. It was mad. Great, great night's crack. You know, the, when you're fighting over here, it becomes an event where people book hotels. And, you know, so we have people traveling from, for Atlantic City, people came from New York and Philadelphia. From For Philadelphia, people came from Atlantic City and and New York and Ireland for all the fights as well. I'm very lucky that a lot of people actually come out from home. Um, so when the Irish come to town, it ends up a three-day rip for them. Um, it's 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 great. I think it was the it was the Atlantic City fight. No, the Atlantic City. I fell asleep. I fell asleep and nearly didn't get fighting because the commission wouldn't let the show go ahead because I wasn't down. But no one told me a time to come down. I knew it was on last. So. Or second last, so I says, sure, lay down now. It was around five o'clock and I fell asleep and my friend come busting into the room. And I was like, What is he? What's he looking? He says, Get down there, they're they're going mad, they're gonna pull you off the show. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? So we get up and rushed down. And if you see the pictures from the fight, my my hair was actually down as well because as I was making weight in or was that the was that the I can't remember which fight it was. It was, it was either Atlantic City or Philadelphia. I think it was Atlantic City. I was in the gym making weight. And at that time of the year, February or, or April, whatever time it was, that whichever fight it was, it's not that hot in America. So I go to the gym and run on the treadmill with my, sort of my sweatsuit, just take the last couple of pounds out. So I was in the gym and this guy walks past and he says, hi or hello or something. And I just bend down to lift my bag and the locker doors open. And I look at him as I bend down and I cut myself on the head. And I was sitting and it was, it was so sore. So I covered it and I was holding it. I was like, oh, what is, Jesus, what's, what's the chances? And I went over and looked in the mirror. And of course, the, you know, I was cutting, it was bleeding. And I was like, oh my God. So my hair pushed down my head. <laughs> I didn't tell anyone about it. Only, only a couple of my friends. It's like, look at this, Hanlon. So thankfully it didn't, he didn't hit me for it to, to open up or do anything else. Uh, Philadelphia, what happened in Philadelphia? Uh, Oof. 
I can't remember what. No, everything was good. Twenty three hundred arena. Is that the one Taylor fought against? Um, no, John Janelle. Yeah, John would have fought. And I think Katie fought in the Leah Chorus Center. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leah Chorus Center in, in Philly's a, a great venue. It's lovely. Remember going around. I was in Vegas at the time, and I was saying. I just need you to turn on this internet only app station thing. It's called the zone. And it, in Vegas, you know, you, you know, you go to the sports bar on a wall where they've got like 7,000 tellies. Mm-hmm. I said, just, just put on this the zone thing. And they were all looking at me like I had 10 heads. So they said, go to the concierge. He'll find if it's on in town, he'll find if you concierge wants to rank a hundred different bars and different sports bars. None of them had ever even heard of the zone. So uh, I uh, I did manage to get to, to watch the fight, but in my hotel room on the phone. But yeah, uh, I was actually in the Leo Core Center at Dmitry Bivol and the Ukrainian fellow that he beat. He stopped him in the eleventh round. Um, it was it was a great event. It was sitting beside Lomachenko and music and Bob Arum. It was a great night, very very good night. The only people in front of me was the judges. You nearly signed for a top rank a couple of years ago, didn't you? Oh, there was lots of talk and back and forth, and then sure COVID came, and, and that was that. You know, it uh, just never materialized, and it ran, it ran its course. You think so, it's a? Do you think it's something that you might be able to? Because uh, I know, like the way the way you're performing at the minute, you're winning, you're selling, you're you're creating an interest and a bit of buzz. But I suppose what you what you might need is a link up with a promoter. Do you think maybe? Are you, are, you, are you putting yourself out there? Because I know from speaking to you, these shows that you're having in the US and you've got another big fight coming up and we'll talk about that now. These, these shows that you're having in the US, like it's, it's a lot of effort for probably not that much money and you're away from your family, you're away from your home and your potential business and stuff like that. So it's while you're getting active, you do need something to break, don't you, in the next, in the next while, the next six months to a year to, to keep the interest, to keep, because it's a big sacrifice boxing, isn't it? It's a massive sacrifice, massive. And in order to even do yourself proud and succeed uh, against whoever you're fighting, you have to make those sacrifices. But if nothing happens for me, realistically, within the next, I don't know, I'll not put a time frame on it, but soon, very soon, then... You know, it's, it's family first with me always, and, and I'll have to sit down, reevaluate, and see where we go. Listen, I've, I've give boxing everything I can. Um, I'm not. This isn't a per me story. It's just the way the way my core, the way my career went. Um, but there's only so much you can give without getting back. And whether that be the correct opportunity, the Correct money, the correct promoter. You know, we'll see again. The promoter can fix all that absolutely with the right promoter. Um, one thing I do tell tell a lot of lads when they're talking to me about going pro. Not a lot of lads, but a few people are messing me about the do's and don'ts, and and I'm a hypocrite. But and I tell them, if you want to go professional, get someone financially invested in you. Because you can give anyone in the world a financial interest. But if you get someone financially invested in you, it's in their responsibility and and 
their benefit to, to look after you as best they can and, and direct you the way you need to be directed and get to the right opportunity. So I don't have anyone financially invested in me, but I've only learned that through experience. Um, if not the right opportunity comes up, yes, I'll take it. Listen, if I get a, the correct notice for a good fight, I'll take it 100%. Um, I won't accept a fight at two weeks' notice if I'm not training. You know, and it's all right to train you all year round, but when you have a young family at home and you're out here and I go home, I, I be home. Now, I do keep up running and bits of training, but there's a big, big difference in... And I train with, with Stan Boyle at home as well, but there's a big difference in going into a hard 10-round fight with another prospect or contender or whatever you want to call them and just taking over, going for a run three or four times a week and hitting bags twice a week, you know. So, you know, if the opportunity comes, I won't turn it down. Yeah. I guess maybe your best chance will be you're in New York now training for a fight. You're fighting against, uh, it's a difficult one to pronounce, say, but Jer Fred Ngayot at Sony yeah. Hall, New York, on the 29th of June. He's six and one, five KO wins to his name. But I suppose you're there fighting and maybe you're in the right place. And if, if someone loses, like if an opponent falls through on a big fight elsewhere, maybe that's where your opportunity might come, I guess. But you're you're there, you're in the right place, and you're in the game now, I guess. What do you know about this guy that you're fighting? He seems um could be da- could be dangerous. He is dangerous. We watched a wee bit on him. I, I don't watch loads on him. I watched a clip on him. He's good, he's game, he comes to win, obviously. Uh he's strong, he has amateur background, he is confident. I'm his big chance. I'm the ch- I'm his chance of what I'm looking for someone else. Now that's not being disrespectful to him. Um, if I'm not on the game and I don't perform, he will win. No, no doubt about that. Um, if I am on the game and I do perform, I'll win. I'm putting in the work to to ensure I, I deliver on the night. But he he's going to be a hard fight. There is no easy fights in New York. The commission are very strict on it. Quite often, what the commission do over here is. They will look at your last performance. They will look at their last, the, the suggested opponent that the promoter puts forwards, last opponent, last performance. And they'll decide whether or not it's a, a good enough fight to make. Um, whereas at home, I could go home and fight this Saturday night somewhere and, and fight a journeyman with two wins and 100 losses. No problem. Over here, they don't let that happen. And, and it's the exact same if, if we presented someone that was 17 and 0. And couldn't bless himself, they, they won't approve it. So there is no easy fights in New York, especially New York. It's tough. It's hard. They they pride themselves on on bringing really good fights. As you can see across the court, there's a lot of um, on on June 29th in the Sony Hall. There's a lot of local American local New Yorkers fighting each other. So. It'll be interesting. It'll be a good night's boxing. I won't be watching any of it. Obviously, I'll be fighting, but. It will be a good night. 100%. You've tipped uh, one of the guys on the on the card along with you, Brian Sabalo, to have a big future. Anyone else catching your eye over there? And I suppose because New York, you know, it does it does attract like the best of the best of the Eastern Europeans, the best of the South Americans and Central Americans, and and not just the best of them, but also like the the second tier ones, but the ones who could beat you on a, on any given day. So they might have records of nine and three or twelve and four, but these are some of these are ser- serious individuals. Like we saw even um one of the one of the Irish guys from um 
from Cork, who was based in New York a few years ago, Noli Murphy. You know, he went in against one of these guys. He was expected to win. He had the un- unblemished record. The other guy had a couple of blemish, but like, you know, he he did the job on Noli Murphy and, and that was kind of like stopped him in his track. So we see, we've seen it happen before. You know, there's, there's a lot of dangers. There's a lot of danger out there. Shark there infested is. waters, let's call it. There is. And a lot of the lads out here take a, a fight at the drop of a hut and they move up two divisions. They don't care. They're in the gym all, all year round, all year. They're training hard, they're sparring hard, ready to go. So that's why you see upsets like what happened Noli that night that you're on about. Um, Brian Cibolo, who you mentioned, who's on the QRD, he's great. He's sparring uh, Earl Spence for the Crawford fight. He, he flew out on Sunday. He's in the gym, a great fighter, great talent. Um, uh, yeah, Gian, Gian's in the gym. I can't remember his second name. I know it, but I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to disrespect him by announcing it. Um, there's a lot of good fighters. Also from Matei Manonze Rosier's gym, uh, Ivan Gulov was a great fighter, Ukrainian. He doesn't seem to be getting too many opportunities, but he can he can really, really, really fight. Uh, well, that's who we got. Um... Uh, I, can't, I can't think of, of other ones now, but they're all so good. And these guys that you mentioned there, that's like nine and three or 12 and four. If they were at home, they would cruise, cruise right through through the, the first 10, 15 fights. You know, out here is different, really is. Are you going to go to the garden for the Jason Quigley against Berlanga fight? 100%. Yeah, definitely. You fancy the upset for your fellow, uh, for your Donegal neighbour? I do. I do. I fancy it, yeah. I really think if Jason performs as best he can, I think he'll win. Now, you obviously have the danger with how Berlanga punches. That's that's going to be there from the first battle to the last. But Jason's been around the block many times and and I've no doubt him and Andy have, have a game plan in place that if Jason pulls off, he, he wins the fight. And, and I honestly think if they're fair, the judges are fair. I, I think Jason will beat him, yeah. I really do. It's uh, um, it's 10 years since he won the European title for uh, and then got to the World Championships final. That's just, that seems incredible, really. But he's in the he's in the pro game a long time. And I suppose even even now it feels like he's yet to have his defining performance. I think like he's had a few good ones, a few good wins, a few easy early wins on, on the way up. And a few tougher contests, maybe against guys he should have had less trouble with. Very good that night uh, to, to bring it bring it back against Mosley, Shea Mosley Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can, like Berlanga's Berlanga. I don't think sees this as a serious threat. He's talking about Canelo. He's talking about everybody but Jason Quigley by the looks of things. Yeah, yeah, and he's Berlanga's last performances haven't been what what he was. On his way up, uh, again, that I think that's down to the level of opposition he's fought. I think that Jason is better than anyone he has fought. I think if he's looking past Jason, he's in big trouble. Um, and listen, top rank dropped him as well. Yeah, top rank dropped him. Top rank oh, didn't do that for nothing. Why I don't know. I don't. So I can't say. But if he is the Chosen one that he claims to be, and I'm not knocking Edgar. You know, good luck to him. Hope he 
he makes even more money than he's making. But you know, I just think that a lot of hype and a lot of social media impressions can create a, a profile of a fighter who is not what too many people think. Yeah, and you'd think, given Jason Quigley's amateur pedigree uh, and the fact that he, he hasn't fully delivered in the professionals, a litany of reasons, and I'm, I'm sure he doesn't have any excuses, but he, he hasn't fully delivered on his promise in the professionals. Maybe this sort of fight to set him up for a, a, sec- a second world title shot is is perfectly set up for him, you know, where there's no expectation really on him whatsoever. Uh, I think even at home, there doesn't seem to be any big expectation ahead of it. Jason's been quite quiet in the media. There's not been much build up, uh, but yeah, I think it's it's all set up for him. If he's if he's on flying form, it's all set up for him to go and give at least a good performance. And uh, if he does win, you know what a way to relaunch your career. Massive New York City, Wallace and Scorey Jordan top in the bill. Perfect, perfect. And if he beats Belanga, he, he he captivates the 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 Irish community out here also. You it's, know? A p- it's a pity you didn't get on that bill yourself. It is, isn't it? <laughs> sure is. A massive shame. But again, if you look at the business side of it, uh, Belanga is saying to Eddie Hearn, Jason, they want to come and get beat. Um, they don't want a pile of virus there in the late rounds whenever it's a close fight and, and Jason's papering the head off him to That's encourage him on even further, you know, so... Look, it is what it is, and whatever, I'll still be there. You'll be, you'll be there anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to just turn to the overall kind of Irish boxing scene. We were hoping that May was going to be the greatest. I, I did an interview with Michael Connell on this podcast a couple of weeks back, and he said we were looking ahead to Katie Taylor's fight, world title fight, then his own. And he said, listen, this could be the great. This is going to be the greatest month in Irish boxing history. And we know what happened. It didn't really quite work out that way. First of all, we saw to set up Katie Taylor's uh, fight with Chantel Cameron. We saw the next in line, Gary Cully was badly, you know, badly stopped uh, by his Felix, uh, what was his name? How Felix or Felix? Young, a young Mexican guy with a big right hand stopped him and then Katie Taylor lost her fight with Chantel Cameron and a week later, Michael Conlon um, stopped in the fifth round of what was his second world title fight. So it's just like it Burst the balloon, really, of Irish boxing for a few weeks, a month. Now, we know there's good talents coming up again, but there are, there are a couple of tiers below the, the next batch. And, uh, yeah, well, what's your what's your reflections on what was a, a tough month? I compared it to the end of The Godfather when just someone comes in and cleans house, just goes, you're the top dog, bang, you're the top dog, bang, you're the top, gone, good luck. Like, they, they'll all, like, they're not, none of them are finished. They'll all be back, I'm sure. But uh, still, what a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was hard on Irish boxing, hundred percent. Um, Kitty, Kitty's just a hero anyway. So, you know, and, and with the person she is and the drive and determination, this just everything about her. She she will be back. You know, I know age isn't on her side, but she deserves a. a I can't talk on behalf of Kitty, obviously, but she deserves someone to go and lead up. At home, but and again, it's 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 just Katie. She wanted the best challenge, the biggest challenge, and she took Chantel Cameron to her homecoming. The 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 undisputed champion at the weight above, 
you know, Kitty isn't a, a light welder with 140 pounders. She's not. I remember her saying she could make in the build up to the Serrano fight, she could make super feather. Um, on that night, it didn't work out for her. It didn't work out for Gary Cully either. Um, but Gary's young, so you know he'll 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 be back. Um, Michael Michael's 31. Um, is the only fear I would have for Michael, and this is a compliment, and it probably won't come across that way, is that he is so good, like unbelievable. And I think champions champions won't want to fight him because he's a hard fight. He's he's technically brilliant, and there is more big nights in him, hundred percent, no problem. But I I would be I would be afraid of other fighters using his two losses as to I don't need to fight him just to avoid that it. puts him into who needs him club maybe. Would, yeah. would other fighters know that not look at him though now has got he's been knocked out twice right now he's been knocked out once by Wood yeah. the tell came in, in his last contest so that he wasn't he wasn't knocked out but his his trainer saved him from further punishment. But would, would other fighters in his weight category not look at him and go, I can knock him out too. You know, it's, he's got, generally when fighters get knocked out a couple of times, the third, the fourth, the fifth comes easier. So would they not be looking at him and thinking, I can take him out? I, I still, I think that could actually prove to be a positive for him. Like when Frampton got the Quig fight because he was knocked down twice by Alejandro Gonzalez Jr. Quig said, Quig said very suddenly, I'll fight him. Yeah, I'll take it. And mm-hmm. found out then to his cost that that was a poor decision. I wonder, will it yeah. have the opposite effect? Will it make Conlon be a more attractive? Will he get a voluntary defense from somebody that maybe people say, oh, he doesn't deserve, he's lost two world title fights, but this is the business. He brings name recognition, brings fans, brings eyeballs. But my fear for him would be that, um, like, you know, he's got a life outside of boxing. They've, got, they've set up their promotional management company. He's looking after other fighters. He's, uh, you know, a, a well-known and articulate fella with, Connections in the media and stuff like that. Is there a second career there? And he's a father of two two young kids as well. The only, I suppose, the only thing is, I definitely don't think he's achieved what he set out to achieve in professional boxing. So that would be a driver. Yeah, that would drive him. Um, he's he's a winner. Obviously, he's he he hasn't achieved what his ability deserves. Let's be honest, his his boxing ability is incredible. I hope, I hope, I, I think there's so much more left in him, like, I really do. Um, I hope he, he gets the right fights and I hope he delivers, I hope he becomes world champion someday and and it would be great. It would be great because he's sacrificed a lot and and he is obviously going to fight again going on on what I read somewhere. He, he's fighting again. So Tris Dixon yeah. did a good interview with him and he said, yeah, that he was out and he was going to, he thought about it and he'd gone from, I'm definitely actually going to, I'm going to retire to, no, I'm I'm not like now. I no. I personally think maybe a change of trainer mightn't be a bad idea at this stage. He's gone, he's gone through two world title fights now with the same trainer, and they've ended up in a similar fashion. You know, he's he's been beaten. Maybe just a little change up. You know, go back to go back to maybe a different style. He fought he fights Southpaw primarily as a, as a professional. Maybe go back and have another look at that fight differently or change something. You know, a change can do you good, isn't that it? Okay. Okay. Um, uh, he he could he could only he could answer that. Um, it could benefit him. I don't think it would take him back any because his his boxing brain is just so good. He can adapt, and there's no styles he hasn't seen. 
And for whatever reason, it just didn't work for him that night. And the problem in our sport is when you have a bad night, it's on your record forever. Whereas if you play football or snooker or darts or golf or whatever it may be, if you lose, it's okay. And it's yeah, okay to lose in boxing. It is. But all of a sudden, when you lose in, in boxing, it's like, oh, you're finished, you're this, you're that. And it stays with you forever. And he was right that his, his lifetime of work shouldn't be defined by one night. Definitely no. not. But it's a, it's a lonely sport. You lose and you're on your own for a while there in that ring. Now you're surrounded by your team, but I, you haven't lost yet in the professional ranks. So you you haven't gone through that experience. You've had your highs and lows, no doubt. But uh, yeah, I'd imagine I'd imagine losing in a professional boxing ring for the first time or the second time when the, when the eyes of the world, you've, and, and Michael Connell's the sort of fellow, he, he welcomes pressure. He, he heaps it upon himself, feels he performs better. Like before he wins his... European title 2015, he said, I'm going to win the European, I'm going to win, I'm going to become champion of Europe, you know, before he did the same before the world championships, managed to achieve it. And then, you know, said the same before the Olympics and we saw what happened there. So yeah, he, he brings pressure and welcomes it. So it must be difficult then when you do lose, but at least, uh, I suppose he's the sort of fella he knows he takes his shot and, you know, you got to take uh, the good with the bad. Um, but there's a few, there's a few up and comers anyway. I think, um, are you looking to fight at home again soon? Or like, I know you're waiting for your opportunity, but are you open to fights back home? Obviously, we saw that at the Conlon fight, we saw Anto Kakache, uh box defend his IBO world title. We've seen, um, you know, John O'Carroll at your weight division is still in the mix. We're aware of homecoming fights in the next, there's talk about homecoming fights for Joe Ward at some stage in the next year. Might be a link up there. Callum Walsh, these are fighters like yourself fighting out of the USA. Callum Walsh, Looks like he's going to get a homecoming bout now, whether or not he's headlining or joining someone else's card. There's in um, Pierce O'Leary from Dublin. Looks like he's going to get something as well. He's going to fight at home. So there's going to be opportunities and things are going to open up back home. Uh, at least those defeats that we've discussed, like Katie Taylor and Michael Conlon, they, they don't look like they're going to crank Irish boxing to a complete halt. Things are going to be moving. Are you going to be able to um, put out the feelers maybe and get yourself a fight at home? I would never say never. Um, there's a lot of people at home who who would love to come, love me to come home and fight. I get asked that question all the time. Is it in my immediate plans? No, it's not. If if something arose and was offered and was worthwhile, yes, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's great. It's great to hear that these possible possible events and fight nights may be taking place on the back of, of a bad month for boxing for, for Pierce and and you've Kieran Malloy and Galway and Jono obviously. Jono Jono's a great fighter. Um Anto in talks for the WBC title. I'd love to see him get that opportunity. Uh, Callum Walsh who's who's racking it up on that West Coast. Uh, who else? Who else have we got there? We have two McKenna's like yeah, they're fighting on Sky Sports. Uh, you know, getting taking their opportunity, getting opportunities and taking them as well, and they seem willing to fight anybody as well. So there is yeah, definitely yeah. good good talent coming up. And you mentioned Kieran Malloy there as well. We saw a sweat box down in Galway a few weeks back. Tommy Hyde is fighting in Cork again shortly. He's going to headline there. But I know you're high on Kieran Malloy's prospects as well, and he could do some damage yeah. when he gets out to New York as well, which I believe will be happening soon. I think Kim is uh, a special talent. I think he's he's made for the pro game. I think the Irish out here love him because he's he's dead on. He's not arrogant or above himself. Uh, not a Facebook fighter. 
Oh, what's no, the Instagram fire? You know, no, I'm not leaving the, that's not important. But what I've noticed out here is, is it's very, very, very important how people take to you. You know, and, and if you try and act that on, but you're really not, you're never so stupid, you're fucked like. <laughs> no, they are. You are, you're, you're, you're done. And I, I'm lucky out of jail with I think Kieran is very, seems very down to earth. I don't know Kieran personally. Um, just watching him from afar. And, and I think, I think, I think he could really, really cause a stir out here and get a big, big following behind him 100%. I'm a top ranks backing. And if they give him the correct opportunities that they give their own prospects who are out here and they give him the same caliber of opponent, for a fight or two to go out and smash, he will he will generate a massive following very, very quickly. No question about it. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great to see as well. He, he he is a nice fella, isn't he, Kieran? Uh, he's a previous guest of ours on the show towards the end of last year. Yeah, just so softly spoken and like an animal in the ring. Like uh, turns mm-hmm. turns and flicks a switch, but doesn't doesn't he's not reckless either though, is he? He's quite He's quite cunning and methodical in the ring as well. Well, having plenty of flair and boxing ability, hits hard. Yeah, he yeah. seems to have quite a good package there. And we saw when he fought in Leisureland recently, filled the place out. I don't think any of the lads on the undercard got any tickets to sell because that was it. It was, it was the yeah. Kieran Malloy show. It'd be unfortunate for them, but it was, as you said, it was his show. It was for him. If it wasn't for him, there would have been no show. So if he's standing it out, that's it's a great thing. Unreal. Like, like yourself, he was a talented GA player. Was he? Got, I believe so. Yeah, he played for Uktarard. He's good friends with Matthew Tierney from um, Matthew Tierney was an Irish boxing champion. Now he's the Galway, uh, one of the main men on the Galway team who are uh, Galway's second or third favourites for the All Ireland. They're up there anyway. They're in the mix. Tierney was All Ireland champion actually. Actually, Mayo played against them. Um, Galway was it? Did, was it this year in the championship? No, uh, recently anyway. And uh, I reckon, to my mind, it must have been one of the first times. An inter-county match happened with two All-Ireland boxing player, boxing champions on the pitch. Ryan O'Donoghue for Mayo and Matthew Tierney for Galway. So I reckon that was a good one. You, you, nearly, you nearly got there yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I played under age for Toronto for the under-15s and then I got called on to the Toronto minor team when I was 16. I was told, go to the trials. You made the team. He says... Nah, sure. Look, I'll be all right. I'm only, I'm only 16. I'm not going. Now, there was, I was never going to start. I was being brought in to get, gain experience and, and see how, how it all went. The one that Ireland that year. I was called back home when I was 17. And it was the Irish Opens, under 18 Opens or something. Big, it was a, it was a big tournament. So the World Championships and stuff. It says, no, I've got boxing. I'll go next year. So then I sent word. It says, look, I want to go. <laughs> it says no, you're not coming. It says you didn't come the last two years. So the one all Ireland, not the year two. So the one, one, two all Irelands in those three years. And I was also, um, I was called on to to own vocation on school team. No, sorry, I was, I was skipped up. But so whenever that was, I was eighteen then, and I was twenty one, and we played a, a match against Greencastle. I played for Bracken. Played a match against Greencastle. Under 21s, I mean, the best game I ever played in my life. I don't know how or where I come from because nothing has ever come close since then. And I don't play anymore and it never will come close. But I was, and it's in a touch, just went over the bar, long range, sidelines. Oh, I was, I was out of this world. We actually lost the game by two points. And the man says to me after the game, he says, uh, <clears throat> You'll have an under 21 team this year. He says, I'm not. 
He says, you will. He says, I'm not. So then I got, a, I got a phone call about four or five days later, or a week, whatever it was. Just come back, fucking nine years now. He says, hey, oh, the throne under 21s are looking. He says, no, I'm not going. So, oh, pure no. spite. <laughs> oh, just, just cut my nose off to spite my face. Not wise. Um, I was called on the throne, the throne with Jason and the team too. And I remember, it's a funny story. Our teacher, fifth year teacher at the time was Richard Thornton from Kalilin. And uh, Brian McGuckin from Eden Dark, who teaches in St. Patrick's College in Dungannon, was the Tyrone vocational manager. So Brian and, and Richard had played football for Tyrone and stuff together. And actually, another really good friend of mine, Daniel Coleman, he was he was my year in school, obviously. And it was coming up to Halloween. So we had bonfire collecting to do. And uh, coincidentally, we had a parent-teacher meeting the day before Halloween. And me and Don didn't go to the first two trials. So with the parent teacher meeting the day before Halloween, and obviously me and my mother went and Richie was a PE teacher. He just says, Look, I was talking to Brian, you have to go to this trial. He's already on the team, just show up. You and Don, I was talking to Don earlier. You just have to show up. I look, we will, we will, no ball. But sure, on Halloween morning, we had to build our bonfire. We never went. <laughs> the one Ulster that year. But, <laughs> ah, but you're young and that wise. Who was who were the players on the the minor team that you kind of spurned? I'm sure they're their household names now at this stage or half of them. Uh, whenever the the first time was called up at sixteen, you had Kyle Coney. They they, they won all Ireland. They beat Mayo in the semi fight in the replay in the final. Um, the big names were Kyle Coney versus Aidan uh, O'Shea. Isn't it Aidan O'Shea from Mayo? Yeah, yeah. They were the two big players. Well, obviously, O'Shea is from Galway. We have Paddy McNeese from Kalilin was in that team. Um, I can't even remember. Maddie Donnelly, he was in that team. Right. Um, Peter Hart. That, that, that sort of calibre. So it was never getting a kick. Like, you know, yeah, well, and, and they went on to win a senior as well. So you never know. Like, uh, no, I do. I do. I know, I'm still <laughs> the same height as I was then. Well, what position did you play back then? Centre half forward. Centre half forward. Good job. The boxing, I was super fit. Brian, so, Brian, so Dewar, fit. Brian Dewar never was a never never was a tall man, but he was super fit. No, but it up football teams. Football teams. It's, it's they're all big big men. Paulie Hampshire there, for example, is uh he used to box in Cano. He's a captain of Toronto. Yeah, he, he actually he should have won a couple of all irons. Um, very very unlucky. Uh, he would have been. A, he, he would have been in my stat that I mentioned a few uh, a few minutes ago, Tierney and Adunu. But the only difference is he he lost. I think was it was it a final or a semi final? He, he went quite far. He was a good fighter by all accounts. Brilliant, he really was, and and he was game as a pheasant. Like he he just didn't care. Stand and fight, no problem. He lost the final and the semi final. I think two questionable decisions again because he was in my club and liked him. I may be biased, but. He, he, I know he gave great, great accounts of himself. Um, Nell Morgan was actually in my class in school. Uh, he was a year older than me, though, for football. Um, I mean, we've got football is just huge in Toronto, huge. So my club now, Brackenville, we're we're not that huge anymore. We're we're a very small club. Um, there's been no developments around, so we haven't really been able to to develop and and move on up through the divisions, but. You know, they're still there. They're still trying. 
Long may yeah. I continue. You'll go back and play a bit of Junior B after this uh, boxing dream is over. I might, I might get, so I might get a game. Maybe I don't know what I'm like now. Uh, we we played a played a a charity match for my daughter's primary school. They have a they do it each year and I played in it back. Um, but this this school year anyway, it was maybe October time. I don't know, and I could see everything happening. You know where I wanted to put the ball and where I wanted to put it and where the ball went was too. But I would love to go back. I will. I think I'll go back and play football whenever whenever boxing's finished, definitely. I should, yeah. Well, hopefully a few years down the line and you've got a few more years you left in the fight game. You say you sound like you're uh, happy enough anyway. You're it's a six rounder. It would be uh you're saying it'd be nice if you could get maybe eight or ten rounds to unload fully on this guy. Have you have you graduated past six rounds now at this stage? You've obviously fought for longer durations, you know, you fought an Irish title fight previously. Your last couple of fights have been six rounders. You're ready to move on from this this point now. Yeah, I didn't want a six rounder in my last fight or this fight. Um, definitely not this fight. Uh, I actually wasn't even going to accept the fight over it being six rounds. But you know, inactivity could play a, a part. You know, I want to stay active. I want to stay busy. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I fought six rounds, I don't know, probably my fifth fight or sixth fight. So this is my 15th fight, I don't want to be fighting six rounds, but it's it's out of my control. The problem is, in boxing that some people won't realise or understand, is that without that big promotional backing or TV, stuff like that, to pay an opponent to do an extra four rounds, he needs an extra... 4,000 minimum. Um, then on top of that, without that big show, that month, that 4,000 comes off me. Um, it's, it's just crap the way this board it's is. A, you know, it's, it's a shit business, isn't it, boxing? It is, and it is a business. And the problem that I have quite often is so many people involved with the business side of boxing have never got punched in the mouth. They've never put in a training camp. Now, now I'm not saying we should take these people away. They, we, they're crucial to, to the sport. But so many people are just not wise. We'll just say that. I'll say it too much. Just say not wise. Yeah, yeah. Keep your power. Whenever, whenever, whenever I retire, whenever I retire, I'll do a different interview with you sometime. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll, we'll publish it in America. They've got the First Amendment over there. We could say what we want. Or if we if we publish here in Ireland, they can come to here, come over here and sue us, you know? I don't know. I know publish it out here. But it's, yeah. it's true. It's true. That fighters and... Fighters are all cut from the same cloth. We're all chasing the same thing. It's usually not personal when we get into a ring to fight. As, as we obviously want to hurt each other, but it's not personal. Um, the, the people just involved the game, the run of the shows, the managers, the manipulation. If it was any other sport or business in the world, it would be extortion and they'd go to jail. They're really good. Um, again, I'll, I'll, I can tell you stories when I retire. If I, it wouldn't be good to tell them right now. I could close a few doors on myself. I could close yeah. a few homes too, but I'm not bothered. Hang on, I've got a, I've got a quote to read you there. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I think it came from 
what's his name? He wrote the he wrote the uh, definitive biography of um, Don King, and he said that boxing is the only jungle where the lions are afraid of the rats. And uh, that's true. Yeah, everywhere, and they're everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> well, how far you're only ever five foot from a rat in New York City, isn't that right? Yeah, you want a bit boxing, or you want a bit in general? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe a bit of maybe a bit of both. But uh, look, on that on that massively positive note, no, we we leave it on a positive note because, like, look, since we last spoke to you, you hadn't had a fight in three years, and now I know it's a difficult, it's it's a rocky road. That's why we that's why we run this show, like, because every every fighter has gone through something, to even. Even Katie Taylor, who wins every single fight for big purses, Ireland's most popular and famous boxer, it's a it's a rocky road for her too. It's it's tough for everybody out there. Like and uh, but it, it, there are there are positives. Since we last spoke, you've had your few fights, you've got motoring and uh, you've got momentum and all. So we just wish wish you the best that uh, it keeps on it keeps on trucking. You know. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate it and. Uh... Thanks for fucking the podcast. As I say, I listen to them all. I text you about them and stuff, but I'm not listening to this one. <laughs> yeah. And, and <laughs> look, I often forget to say to fighters at the end of them, but hey, give us your social media handles there. Throw it out to your... <laughs> Where can people follow you, Fergal? <laughs> if you get my phone number, give me a ring. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. Exactly. Knocking the door. All right. Per- perfect. Thanks, Thanks very much. much. Fergal McCrory, yeah. fearless Fergal. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today on The Rocky Road. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure if there are ways to watch your next fight, they'll be they will be on your social media. So keep an eye on maybe for that sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, we'll I'll post it on my I'll post it on my page, uh, Kevin <laughs> Burr, on Facebook on Facebook. I'll, I'll post it up for you. Don't worry. Good. Thank you. Extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.